Welcome everyone to episode 20 of the original marketing show. It's a new decade. Oh. <laughs> you were like, what the heck is <laughs> what he saying? talking about? Okay, you're right. The 20th is over on our second decade of doing the show. What does that make us? Uh, what's is there a word for two decades? That's a singular word. That's you're, that's beyond my pay grade. Yeah. I don't even think decade was the correct way to explain that. But no, it definitely wasn't. Ten episodes is for ten it. years. It's all right. But we're here. We're grinding, and we're excited to chat with you all. So, any updates, Brady, from the weekend? I heard you had some uh, bad smelling kitchen equipment. Yeah, I mean that was happening during the week leading up to the weekend. Just bad smell. Bad smell. Bad smell coming out of not the garbage disposal, but the sink on the right. So I did Drano first. Guessing it didn't work. Yeah, Drano's a joke. Then I hit YouTube and the washing machine like feeds into the garbage disposal. So I like did a load of dishes that were in there, put those away, then ran the washing machine with detergent empty on like a high cycle thought that would work still smelled and then on sunday i had the time to do plumbing it actually didn't smell that bad but i took apart all the plumbing and the hose with the washing machine had a good amount of gunk in it so i cleaned that out i didn't think you were handy i just go on youtube but have you always done the whole? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I installed the kitchen sink so that's why i was confident about just taking apart all the plumbing and put it all in yeah i've already redone it before so i just hosed it out in the backyard just in case it was in there i thought it was like a mouse you know the u-pipe that like catch pipe where they say like if a ring falls into the sink like it's probably in that u yeah i thought there was like a mouse or something in there it It was was bad bad? it was bad but it's gone now so i don't really care what the fix was it was one of the three things i did but did that and then grandparents good grandparent weekend both sides of the family gotta make the effort yep we got on my wife's side 99 years old so he's hopefully making it to 100 in february grandpa fred see that's bad for you though that means you're gonna live a long time do you want to live to 100 my genes oh it's not your genes no that's my wife she says my wife thinks i'm gonna be gone like 20 years before her (laughs) i can see that even though we're four days older that's it no her, her genes on on her side are from her dad's side are pretty dang good see i don't want to live that long i don't want to be past like 75 so yeah like maybe 78 80 seems like when things start going downhill you start getting dentures you don't drive as well you don't walk as well you don't think as well you mm-hmm. tell everybody the same stories yeah i, mean, I that's think the thing with him is his mind is sharp but yeah. he's in a bed now like his body's just he's 99 and you know last year he would go in the golf cart during like a scramble golf tournament the year before he might walk out and putt with us he's still but now his body's just his hip has fallen out multiple times so when he was out of the bed like he was supposed to be wearing a hip brace and he doesn't like wearing a hip brace he wouldn't wear it and pop out see that's me i would be a bad old person yeah that's the thing i'm not i don't i just don't think i'd be a good old person he's having a hard time with it just because his mind is so dang sharp and they have hospice care, so the guy was trying to help feed him. He's oh, it's like, no. war zone, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's tough. But I love ninety nine is super impressive. And my grandpa, it was his birthday, so we saw him. He's eighty nine. He's doing great. So you got it, bro. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's well. So my dad's side, not so much. My mom's side, it's pretty good. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. What about you? Sword fishing. Did you get any? Not even a nibble, Brady. <laughs> 12 hours and a lot of money. 12 hours and a lot of money. 
not a nibble, but it was cathartic. It really was like, I needed that. I haven't not done anything for 12 hours. Maybe ever. Is it somewhat of like a solitude in a way? Or are you, is your brain pretty active the whole time? Well, we had like a, a two captains on the boat that I chartered and then my buddy. And, you know, for dudes, we all talk a while. But, I mean, eventually we all are just like done small talking, you know? Yeah. You've already asked as many questions as you can ask. Yep. You've already kind of like tried to glean all their knowledge on how to catch a swordfish. And eventually you're just watching the rod tip. <laughs> And it just goes up and down, up and down. And you're looking for any, like, anything. Didn't get it. But you learned a lot about the pre Now I know what reel I need, yeah. what rod I need, how to rig it, how to drop it, how to read the currents, where I want to be, how to set my drift. I feel empowered to do it. It's the gladiator of the sea, and it's five minutes outside Newport Harbor. I don't have to go mm-hmm. to some far island offshore. It's right outside the harbor. And I'm going to get one. I am going to get one. outside there? Because you didn't get a bite. So Here's what I'm thinking. I think every day between Christmas and New Year's I have off. And I'm just going to go out there until I get a swordfish. Nice. No rest for the weary. And I'm going to get one. Yeah. The guy, so there's a boat a mile away from us on the radio that got one. Okay. So you knew it was. Yeah. 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 There's three boats out there trying to catch them because you can see the buoys and how they're doing it. And they're all on the radios. Two of us didn't even get a bite. The other guy got a fish. That was it. Okay. But it's all right outside Newport. Yeah. Like, I could see this office, essentially. Like, no problem. That's pretty cool. So you think next time you can do it without a charter, like a captain? or Correct. Yeah, okay. I can do it without a captain. I need to get all the tackle and, you know, get all the stuff. It, it's a big, heavy lift. Compared to all the other fishing I've done, this is the most... You got to learn how to sew and rig your own baits. You've got to have at least like 12 to 16 ounce weights. They're like rebar. Um, You don't tie knots. You crimp it. So it's all 400 pound Mm -hmm. leader that you're crimping into metal. You're not tying knots on anything. It's everything's crimped. It's like you're trying to catch the gladiator of the the sea. The gladiator of the sea. Yeah. Well, let me know. Christmas break. Yeah. See if you guys haven't figured out what I'm. It's such a fun time to like just do some type of project. Yeah, I know. Last year I had COVID, so I, t- I tried to day trade. Like I joined Discord groups. Yes, I remember your Lost day- some money. <laughs> your day trader phase. I, I forgot. Well, no, like, I one day like, I got lunch with you and you all of a sudden you're talking about the stocks. Well, 2020 like, I got into investing, which okay. was nice timing. Like yeah. I saw the market crash in March. I'm like, okay, this is a I'm good in. moment for me where I'm at my age and my finances to like get in the market. And then obviously learning through that, like I'm hearing all these day traders. And so I had COVID, we didn't have work, the market was open. So I joined like discord groups. And what I learned is it's a full-time job. You probably have to do like simulator training or trading for two years before you even enter with your own money. So it was nice for me to conclude that it's not this because on social media, right? There's all the finance pages and they make you think like, oh my gosh, easy. I just day trade options. And I'm set. Simple. But actually, who's ever lost money on the market? Actually, being in it, it was crazy. I mean, the guys <laughs> who were doing it full time in Discord, it was it was pretty intense. It's a grind. Yeah, they all like are predicting the algorithm, so they know the massive like financial firm algorithms pretty well. So they're all chatting about like what they think the algorithm's going to do next, and they make their move before it. 
and like that's their bet. I'm like, this is this is insane. <laughs> I so, would love to be trying to beat I Ray. that off the list. Yeah, you're trying to beat Ray Dalio's algorithm that he's got <laughs> like two trillion on, and you've got like three grand in the market trying to beat the trillionaire. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like, you know, I was in Robinhood too, so course, I learned yeah. that like you can't do more than five day trades a week, and so I was like day trading option. I couldn't sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, there goes that money. You were day holding more than day yeah, trading. I was day holding, and I probably still have it in my portfolio. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> Winning. But no, I need. A, I usually like to golf during that break, but I was sick. And it maybe was, you come out with me. Yeah, maybe I'm the good luck charm. We'll maybe. see. I'm usually pretty good luck. Like I went hunting once. I got a boar my first time. Okay. I went bluefin hunting. Got a bluefin the first time. I was convinced. Like I'm gonna yeah. get a swordfish. Yeah. Didn't get a swordfish. All right. You need some luck, but. You know, now that we're going into this uh, kind of end of the year time, any holiday ads you saw, Brady, before? I know it's not even advertising jealousy, but any, like, <sighs> any holiday ads? Because remember you showed that one that was terrible. <laughs> Which one? Oh, the Chanel number five one? Yeah, Chanel number five was I mean, I'm sure they have ad. a new ad this year that's just as bad. Oh, let's pull it up. Go the on, whole Scarlet. fragrance, like, let's see perfume the Chanel. or cologne. I do not understand Well, the that. other one's like the car ads where they make jokes, like another car ad about, like, someone who bought a yeah, $50,000. Yeah, bought a car without telling their spouse, like... <laughs> psychopath <laughs> so that's a that's the chanel number five the one i hate in 2019 yeah. do we have a new one yet 30 oh, second holiday yeah let's see that one <sighs> all right is this it no it's just another i haven't seen this one is that the girl from gossip girl no <laughs> i thought it was blair for a second Wait, that looked like Robert Pattinson a little bit. What too. happened? Exactly. The fragrance. Wait, I, don't, I mean, this is just this, this is the perfume cologne industry. Go back. I want to see this again, Michelle. I, mean, I, I, I didn't. I thought I was. You're watching waiting it. for it to be relevant, right? <laughs> I didn't know what happened to me. Okay, go again. It's just it's a love story, right? Yeah. Okay, so she She's walks like, out. What a great moon tonight. She sees a full moon. Now they're on the moon, naturally. Oh. So she's like dreaming, because she was alone, right, when she saw the moon. She's dreaming. Her perfect Mr. You know, her They're Mr. on each perfect. other's team. The neck grab, the admiration. Oh, whoa. The guy I was just dreamed about showed up. Because Chanel, number five. A couple spritz, and that's going to happen. He didn't see her. He smelled her. Oh, wow. That's what they're going for. Okay, what's the call to action? Keep going. See, because a partner of Macy's on it. What's the yeah. call? The fragrance destination. Macy's is good for Even mine. Even that line, I just. <sighs> I don't know, man. These commercials every year. But what, what do you want them to say, though, Brady? I don't In their know. Defense. They just all have the same style. I think there's like a blue one. It might be a cologne. It's just this dude diving into an infinite pool. Oh, I've seen that one. Comes forever. out of the water. Aqua de Joe. It's like Aqua de Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to be a Macy's, merman. the fragrance destination. What do you want them to do? Like a woman's, like goes like this with the perfume and then all of a sudden like i don't have the answer like her problems are all solved the answer i mean you got a lot of criticism brady give me an answer nah i'm just gonna judge it (laughs) (laughs) it's not our industry i don't need to worry about it no come on you gotta have something how would you do a perfume how would we do a perfume at are we going straight into market this right now it's not market. are we We gonna scrap our idea we got a separate segment no 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 but how would you do perfume give me like five minutes i don't know like social ads blind smell tests what would you like um doesn't that make it humor do you think perfume should be humorous 
No, I don't think it has to be humorous. I don't think it needs to be like a funny version of the blind smell test. And what do you think about this person? Like you just smell them and then you, oh, like they seem like they're corporate or they seem free spirited or. And then the person's like the opposite of that, but it just shows like how the smell of someone is a judging factor. I know what I would do. What would you do? Scarlet, pull up the marble, man. The cigarette guy? Can't do that anymore, but you could just recreate the entire concept for perfumes. The Marbolo man. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to take the Marble man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's going to get us there. Yeah, yeah it's a cigarette. Marble. I have no, no clue how right to there. spell it, so I can't help you. Yeah, yeah, it's a cigarette. So the cowboy? Yeah, so they go. Watch, 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 watch. So you could do come to where the flavor is essentially come to where the smell is they made one guy which i so here's i think what makes it unique whenever we see a perfume ad they could do them like flow from progressive mm-hmm. so you could essentially create the embodiment of the like okay or like dos Equis. yeah right so dos Equis did the most interesting man mm-hmm. i think you could do something where you took the same character and then you created like if you wanted to be, let's say, the rich swanky guy, we have the, and that was what your your cologne was about. You would all be like rich swanky, and it would just show this like guy at like lounges, getting beautiful women, stepping into luxurious cars, and it's all. And then the the watcher assumes it's because of the cologne, right? Yeah. And you kind of do that theme. The problem I have with the the perfumes or the colognes is nothing seems integrated like the Marlboro Man, where it was like. You kind of just had this mm-hmm. hard Americana type character. I feel like the Cologne of Perfume is you gave him a consistent character that had certain values that we knew would trigger in society. People would want that. They would want to become yeah. that. It's kind of where my thoughts at. I'm curious. Look up uh, Miley Cyrus Perfume because I'm pretty sure she's partnered with a major brand and is in commercials. Okay, Maybe so it's kind of per- like yeah, Ryan Reynolds doing like Aviation Gym. Gin, she's doing... Yeah. Her own. Yeah, like this. See, that's good advertising. Yeah, but what, go to videos. Let's see what the video ad looks like because I'm pretty sure I saw it and I grouped it into the same. I mean, they're just so... Okay, but this is... Do you like doing mushrooms? <laughs> if yes, try this perfume. I get it. Smell is the one. Uh, see, I think the problem with Miley is she's more of a sex symbol, and this is her doing a women's empowerment. Do do women look up to Miley like they look up to T Swift? I don't feel like they do. I mean, free spirited, take no judgment. Correct, but Throw I don't feel like Miley's as much of a thing. female hero as a male hero. Like, I think every. Like, I think men remember her riding that cannonball a hell of a lot more than women are empowered to, like, follow her for... That's a great song. Like, her, uh... I came in like a rat! <laughs> that is a great song. But you knew, yeah. see how you knew what I was talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my point here. I don't think any women know that song quite nearly as well as you did. Yeah, I learned it in sign language in college. <laughs> So you kind of see my point? Like, I don't know. But see, Gucci's got a theme. See how the, like, the theme here? Like, Gucci seems to be doing this way better than Chanel. Yeah. 
like see how that all the colors like art i do like the art of that ad mm-hmm. i just feel like miley's a weird one compared to maybe others yeah i mean it's interesting i remember back in the day i mean it probably still exists but in magazines they actually had like a peel off scent i remember as a kid like yeah. my mom would have a magazine i just thought it was cool like oh you yeah, can smell course. something from the page was like scratch and sniff kind of thing yeah. but it's the one scent i mean i guess feel is tough to do but, but you could distribute it it's a visual ad spot yet they're selling a scent and i think they just struggle like how the heck do we channel well let's go watch this go to youtube on here go to marvel man because i want to see and then i'll just go to the interesting man in the world i think we look at both of those so give me like a That one right there. Yeah. This is Lumen, the first to fight for hacking your metabolism. With just one breath, Lumen. Yes. <laughs> you don't see many wild stallions anymore. He's a wild stallion. Is that big? thousand miles there no you don't see many wild stallions anymore and even if he did run off three of your best mares he's one of the last of a wild and very singular breed want this man's wrinkles <laughs> yep. It's good ad. Because he's calling the man a stallion. And he's yeah. Like, it's, that's, yeah. That's a good ad. Yeah. Now do the most interesting man in the world for me real quick, Dos Equis. I just like how she got a health-related metabolism vape as a YouTube ad before that commercial. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, nah, that's nine minutes. So it's going to be like, uh, <laughs> there we go. That one's fine. He wouldn't be afraid to show his feminine side. If he had one, <laughs> his mother has a tattoo that reads "Son." <laughs> At museums, he's allowed to touch the art. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those sakis. Stay thirsty, my friends. They don't. They don't drink in that ad either. No, they don't. Now. Those all have nothing to do with beer until they do. I think you could do a fragrance ad with the similarity traits of those two commercials. Yeah, it's not as abstract. Correct. I think that's what I the theme is in yeah, these commercials. They're yeah. just so abstract. They're they trying are. to connect these dots. Because maybe flower fields have scent. And then, it, like, you know, like when Miley's yeah. in the flower field. But then she's on her guitar. Yeah. When once Miley gets the guitar... I don't think a lot of women are like, I love when Miley plays the guitar. I'm going to buy the perfume. You see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it creates a disconnect between them all. Which one's this? Dolce & Cabana? All right, let's watch this one. This, oh, this is like the swimming pool ones, I think. This looks like it's a favorite of Scarlet's. I wonder why. <laughs> How'd she pull this one up? We didn't say for her to pull this up. She just went over there and remembered it herself. Oh, wow, Scarlet. How'd you remember this one? <laughs> 
This isn't the one I remember. But uh, it's probably she somewhere. remembers though. She's out here in Italy, Capri or something, just waiting <laughs> for this guy to swan dine and save her. <laughs> oh yes, I think they're gonna need a bigger raft. Dolce and Gabbana, light blue. <laughs> these are just funny. I love these commercials and Scarlett I hate them. Scarlett just knew about this one. I love that our producer pulled this one up. No prompting. She's like, I've got a light. I've got a cologne ad I like. <laughs> oh, it's all time. That one's actually very much also just selling sex. Yeah. Like, and that's for the woman to then buy it. it for her. That's for... a strategy I actually like. I just would love the man to like get like the retargeting ad for it when he looks like dad bought it out and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, yeah. Close your eyes, honey. <laughs> you can smell this. <laughs> like, it's theoretically, you could probably yeah, smell like that. That'd be guy. a funny TikTok. That right? would be hilarious. He got like Christmas morning and like his Re- wife got him that and he, he puts you... it on and like acts like he's that guy. Or you recreate that ad. And, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you smell, you can smell like him. Yeah. And then she can close yeah, her eyes. He's just dream. acting like he's this ripped guy and she's just like, What the heck did I do? I love it. I love it. No, it's hard. But I guess you we're, you and I are on the same page. I I think you just have to want to become something that's attainable. I think the hard part if you do the guy with all those abs, like abs are the hardest thing in the world because he needs to restrain from so much. So we want people to feel I feel like like they could become like becoming the Marlboro Man, you could become him without riding a horse with the way they do the copy and do the ad. Like, you could imagine yourself being the Marlboro Man as you like photocopy like three thousand copies of paper at like the law office where you're like trying to come up as an intern. Like, yeah. you could think you're the Marlboro. Like, you can imagine it. I think the same thing with the most interesting man in the world. You can be like trying to. Try new hobbies, do new things, be adventurous. Yeah, just more literal. Like, yeah. even, like, I remember, I just wear deodorant now, but I used to wear this cologne, not a lot, and I remember, like... You know, by the way, deodorant and cologne are separate, right? I know. Okay. So I just don't, I don't use cologne anymore. Okay. Yeah. But when I did, okay. like, you'd go to a get-together, and, like, you'd give someone a hug, and people like, oh, you smell good. Yeah. And, like, maybe an ad like that. Smell good. Oh, I like that. And just less like abstract and unrealistic and start getting compliments. People don't tell me I smell good anymore. So maybe I'll get back on. We could have an ad that just said like start getting compliments. And it was just all yeah, it's just about more realistic. Yeah. And it'll probably actually happen. And yeah. Feel good about yourself. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Well, interesting segment. Just very... this fragrance industry it commercials it has, it's always fascinated me. That's why I always bring up the Chanel number no. five ad, which wild. we don't, we don't have to watch no, the no, 2019 one, but wildly um, interesting and engaging to see how they do that. And that was an all time ad. The Dolce Gabbana light blue way to go Scarlett. Um, <laughs> that was epic. She, she's over here trying to go viral. Smart girl. She's going to get, she's yeah, going to be the that, TikTok clip. Like, you guys gonna, I see what Scarlett's doing. She's trying to make this podcast, you know, get someone to listen to it. Other than we'll our clip that commercial game over. <laughs> We needed that. All right, well, let's talk ad jealousy. Cool. Oh, looks like I'm up because she's got me pulled up. So I like this one just because, you know, I've been trying to figure out what do I do with our brand marketing at Directive. You know, I'm finding that it's just hard to take a professional services business and do more innovative, creative stuff. And so I'm looking to direct to consumer for a lot of inspiration all Mm -hmm. the time. But I found this company, Marketer Hire, 
um, does this really, really well. Now, this isn't currently an ad, yeah. but this tweet was used as, like, they paid him to do this tweet, and then they promoted mm-hmm. it. I get their ads a lot on Instagram. Through influencers. I get it. Their advertisement. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't like those ads. I don't think those are that great. I think these ads are elite. Mm-hmm. So, first, will you right-click on Ecom Chase Diamond? So... Okay, so he's got 99,000 followers, driven $150 million in email revenue for clients, partner at an eight-figure e-commerce marketing agency, blah, 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 right? So in other words, he's saying, I'm, you know, I'm worth listening to. Look at that. His pinned tweet has 1,000 retweets. Okay. Okay. So the guy's got, a, you know, some clout in the email marketing game, mm-hmm. right? So then what Marketer Hire does is they find all the influencers. You can use a tool like SparkToro for this. And then what they do essentially is pay them to do a tweet. I don't know what they pay them. I don't know how these influencer rates are because I'm not in this game. But then essentially I get a promoted tweet from Chase Diamond on behalf of Marketer Hire. Kind of like you can do Instagram ads that are like creator plus brand now. Mm-hmm. And they have the two bios in the ad. They're doing that here. I This got me genuinely jealous because for me, think about it. You're Marketer Hire. You roll out a brand new expert assistant service. For $28.50 a month, they provide companies with a fully vetted, college-educated, and full-time 40 hours a week offshore resource to support their marketing design sales team's most time-consuming tasks. I mean, that's not a bad pitch. Mm-hmm. But now, if you're not clever enough to even realize it's promoted, right, as you go through the feed, next thing you know, you're exploring marketer hire because Chase, who you follow and trust, promoted it to you and I haven't seen anyone really doing that with B2B. Yeah, it's like he's using it, right? He has that authority. It comes across like he's using it, yeah, which correct. maybe he could do another tweet that really makes it clear. Like, I have two of these marketing he, Yeah, he didn't ever say and, he uses it. Yeah. He just said, literally, this is what they're doing. But because he's tweeting it, I think you assume, like, oh, yeah. he, he might be using this. And so that authority's there. And then that makes you dive in because when I see it, it's an Instagram ad that... At least the ads I can remember, it might come across as if it's like, oh, replace your W-2 full-time team with marketing hire. Yeah. And to me, it's like that's a bit unrealistic, right? Um, but even the way it's positioned here, I thought was smart. Yeah, will you go down a little bit more, Scarlet, please? It's essentially niched VAs, but full-time is like unique, I guess. Yeah, and you can see, like, I wonder how many it's going to talk about, whatever, right? And they got to look crazy. Yeah, and the normal comments that you would expect on social media. Lovely people. Overpriced, if you ask yeah. me. But, and then he's like, solid VAs in the Philippines, South, are skilled between 500 to 1,000 a month. Yes, but then you don't have to vet them, manage them, or yeah. find them. So this is the markup for the service. Six hours you can hire someone more capable to handle over. See, so everybody's, like, showing off, like, how smart I am. But... I think it's brilliant because obviously like not, these people I don't think would have left comments or opinions if it was underneath the marketer hire account, but instead it's coming from Chase's account. Mm-hmm. So you not only get the promotion, you also get the organic reach Yeah, and then you get the influence of him being the one who says it. So I'm trying to figure out how I do something similar for directive and take our six service lines, find influencers for each of the six. And then um, I got to figure out how to get them exposure to the service or something so it feels mm-hmm. authentic to their brands. Mm-hmm. But then allow them or pay them to share on their social about directive, I think could be a really cool influencer marketing for B2B professional services 
nobody's really doing influencer marketing for agencies. And once I saw them doing it, I was like, ooh, this could really unlock a new marketing channel for directive yeah. that we've never touched that I think has elements of brand, but also has elements of direct response and could be really, really successful. So this was my advertising jealousy. It's nothing that crazy. It's a little different than what I normally talk about with like video or video ads, but I thought it was a well-written, um, I think he obviously didn't write it and I don't think he has any exposure to it. I think they literally paid Chase X amount of money to post this and he posted it just like he's Kim K or yeah. any of the any Maybe of the other Maybe not Kim K money. I think she gets what a million for a post. Well, I mean, he doesn't have the same amount of followers. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but no, it, yeah, it's inspired by B2C marketing and if there are influencers in your space, yeah, it's totally worth it. My my ad is in the same yeah. category. Neil Patel did this. Yeah. Do you remember that from like six, seven years ago? He got a ton of backlash. I thought it was actually genius though. So he took all like the booty influencers on Instagram and he paid them to promote neilpatel.com. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole campaign was who is new Neil Patel? And yeah. he was getting people to search, I think, for Neil Patel and go mm-hmm. to his website. Mm-hmm. But it would just be like a bikini model being like, who's Neil Patel? Yeah. And so he was paying all the influencers and he did it like, like a blitz. Yeah. So he I mean, his, had... his TAM is so massive. Sure, it's within marketing, but there's millions of marketers out there. And I think Neil Patel's built his business to try to be relevant to all of them. So it kind of makes sense. I kind of like that because I'm trying to take directive mainstream. So I've been trying to figure out what are some interesting, somewhat controversial, but intriguing ways to make directive a part of the socio-cultural conversation. Yeah. I mean, the podcast is a piece of that. Oh, I mean, dude, with our 2 billion downloads we get every week. <laughs> Well, we're talking about beer, right? Yeah. It's blowing up on tip TikTok, but yeah. the day to day is whoa, talking whoa, whoa. about SaaS marketing. Brady, you made it clear we were not talking about beer. That was you. It. You fired <laughs> at me. I deflected it. That's all that was. I'm just lucky that I get to be in the presence of this guy. <laughs> your clips are blowing up too. Your clips are blowing up too. It's under your right. TikTok. So he's right though. He's right though. Brady's the fan favorite. So Brady, tell us. <laughs> Advertising jealousy, what do you got for us this week? Um, very similar. Yeah. Social media influencer. Cause I know last week I brought the long form one. And so what a caption to the the influencers are so much better than us at this. Like <laughs> you will never write emails after watching yeah. this. I like what I mean, hug. this is his theme. Like if you went to his page, everything's titled like that. But well, I know that's why he's so much better than me. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. I was so I was fishing on Instagram this week and looking for an ad, and this was more of an organic reel. <gasps> you should downgrade your Netflix to finally get your ad game up, bro. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, you see what I'm yeah. saying? You could My just... wife might not be too happy with that, but have her send you her favorites because I bet you her favorites are different than your favorites and it'll be interesting to you. I don't know. We share an account with like the whole family, so that'll be interesting. Everybody gets ads. Yeah. You just make everybody pay the price for I the mean, podcast. I mean, her dad and I are just going to get golf ads. Yeah, she know. binges Grey's Anatomy every single day. Okay, so I got you. All right, so tell me about the ad. So, like I said, I was actually looking for ads for this segment and I came across this video and it actually made me stop and go on my computer afterwards and and check out the site. So just a really good organic feed influencer. And what I don't know about this guy was he timeout. Was it truly so Jeez, how, how Mark sends who it, who is the account? Cause it's in like Polish is English. I I don't know. See in the top right corner is abstract glitch. 
Yeah, so that's his page name. This is how Mark sends emails. I don't know if his is name is Mark? Mark. Okay, sorry. This is, I'm just reading this now. Right, we can his to... profile real quick. Okay, let's wait. Yeah, yeah. Give me before I see the ad. Let me figure out what I'm looking at because I showed you the so chase. So he's person. all about like AI. Um, I know secret websites and coding tree. I love this. Yeah, guy. so his name is Dwiz, I think. Dwiz. Dwiz, not Dwiz. He's Dwiz. Dwiz. Like, because he's Dwiz. I mean, Dwiz is a cool name. Okay. So get in tech. Does he say mean get in touch? I don't think he speaks English. The way he writes is yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, he does voiceovers on his English is pretty good. Oh, he's doing voiceovers. Yeah, like the one we'll watch the video. It's his voice. Okay, so and okay, so he's got these cool captions. He's good with his little thumbnails. And then when he does this, one hundred thirty-six thousand crazy. Okay, so if we go back then to the ad, is there any more to see, or is this the full view? Because it doesn't show like uh, promoted or sponsored. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like if he, because you get in trouble for that now. There's like laws around that. I don't know the laws. Yeah, if you are promoting, but it doesn't say hashtag ad, like yeah, if that you get stuff. paid to promote something, you have to. I think it, you have to make it clear that you receive compensation yeah. for doing this. Is that correct, Scarlett? Yeah. So this could be okay. purely organic to then build the following, and then he gets sponsored posts every now and then. Okay. Uh, yeah. I. I don't. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's say that. Let's see it. You will never write emails after watching this. Okay, so first go on Google and then search for rytr.me. Once you're on the website, select start writing. Click on continue with Google and log in. Okay, first you need to select the tone of your email. I will leave this on convincing. Then you need to click on choose use case. For this, we select email. After that, you simply need to type in the key points of your email. As you can see here, I want to raise. AI is the right thing to use for getting a raise, but that's his example. AI will write an email to my boss. So yeah, go try out this crazy AI. Oh, because this is using OpenAI's. Yeah. This is using OpenAI's API. They just rolled out the new GPT, I think 3 or GPT-4, whatever it's called, which is sick. I've been playing with it a ton. I sent our director of SEO like a note saying like, hey, by four months from now, I want all the manual busy work tasks. Mm automated using ai and so she's all over and she's super excited about it but why'd you love this ad i liked it because he showed actually logging in because i've done free trials with any word for like google ads copy um i've checked out jarvis but that was one where it's like you got to put in your credit card oh jarvis ai makes you do the credit card when yeah you set i think the they have a credit card sign up and so for me I liked how he showed just how you can log in, connect your Google account. He gave a good example, which it was for a raise, but it got me thinking like outbound email. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've been writing a bunch of different. <laughs> they got you writing them variants. now. So I'm like, let me try this thing out. So it was just clear enough for me to actually go on my computer, which I thought would be fun to do now. Like it, it's super easy to sign up and we can test the AI real quick. So yeah. R-Y-T-R dot me. And he just, he made it, so there's Jasper. So Jarvis is now Jasper. So they're poaching. Scarlet clicking Wait, the Jarvis ads. is Jasper? Yeah. Jarvis what's, is now Jasper. What's the difference? AI. I, I don't know if it was an acquisition or something came up with the Jarvis name. So they had to change it to Jasper. Okay, I don't know so what happened. The branding is very similar and the okay, name okay. is even similar. Um, okay, so start so, writing. Yeah, start writing. You just connect to Google. That'll be $200. Yep. <laughs> you can and then, okay, so you just can watch. hit start. Yeah, you can watch their intro. 
and then choose use case. Okay. You can keep convincing. Oh, I like awestruck. Let's go. I want to. Okay, yeah, let's try let's to test it out. So to use case, and then I did the email when I was playing with it. Do you want to test something? They have meta titles and stuff. <laughs> so I was like, you asking me? Oh, yeah. no, I was asking you. Yeah. We can test email. We can test like a yeah, intro right, email. Uh, go to email. So go to type. Yeah, e. you got to scroll down a little bit. Okay, go to email. And then uh, let's do key points. Um, generate more sales qualified leads. Yep. Okay, hit right for me. And you can even put like, we are a performance marketing agency for SaaS. Yeah. $100 gift card. Yeah, get a free audit. You can say things like receive a $105 Amazon gift card for an intro call. For SaaS, not sales. Nice. Nice. Get a free Yeah, gift get card. a free audit. I mean, this is probably enough. Okay, now hit it right for me. I mean, we're doing an ad. No free ads, writer. All right, let's see. <laughs> Hi, we are performing for SaaS. We want to help you generate more sales qualified leads. Sound like something you could use. We would love to give you a free audit of your cheese. I don't know why I need Brady. Right? Dude, I this is crazy. Bye, Brady. <laughs> this was free. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they even did the merch tags for us? So we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can scale it real easily. They're already doing merch tags. But now I threw in the gift card when I was testing it. It put it in pretty well. And even oh. differentiated, like, the intro call being the gift card and then an audit. One of our clients, they saw a 10 to 50% customer retention. Imagine how much we can do with your help. Like, what are we talking about? The AI knows. I, I thought it was really cool. I thought um, I saw the funniest tweet about all this. It was like, OpenAI has hired 2 million people in Singapore to write responses for them. <laughs> like, do things that don't scale. And it was just like, yeah. AI. It was just like people trying to write all the responses for the AI. Oh, what a weird world. This, I think AI is going to be the most ground-shaking, innovative, disruptive yeah. technology we've encountered in our marketing careers yeah. in the last 10 years. I mean, the image AI is cool, too. Canva has it. I've seen it, yep. You can type it in Canva, and then I've seen some stuff in, like, the digital photography community and those oh. influencers where now you can just type in... Sunset. Yeah, I and want it, Yosemite, sunset, frozen river, snow on the ground. Boom. And it just puts out the most insane AI Yosemite photo where now all the people who like travel there during the winter and they they stand there and wait for the sun to hit the waterfall in like within a two day window. Don't need that. You just type it in. And so now there's all this concern about just the photography, social media. Well, yeah, one of my buddies, Joel Kletke, is a world class copywriter. And he's obviously like, mm. I think going through it mentally and emotionally, which I understand. I mean, I can't even imagine if I had committed my life. Now, I don't think, I mean, that second email is really good. But And we only <laughs> test, this is our top of mind, like, let's throw in this guidance. I mean, you can really play with it. But I mean, we've helped company increase their conversion rate by 4% within a month going live. We've also helped company to generate 3x more leads in the same time. I mean, yeah, they wrote these emails like, if I were to spend an hour to write an outbound email, it would look a lot like the second one. I'm not lying yeah. to you. And you can type in, like, I, I tested, like, we work with, and I listed out some of our clients, and it just mentioned the clients Perfectly. very well in, like, three different variants. So if you're a copywriter, this is obviously hard to go through. I think what you'll learn to do is harness the technology, hopefully, and create more value out of the tech than we could. 
essentially, I I think if I was a copywriter, I'd have to pivot into being a subject matter expert at leveraging AI. Mm-hmm. And then, because AI has its limitations. And so I would be able to, I would try to see it as a positive, right? All the stuff I hate about being a copywriter, automate, but it can't do all the market research because you still have to put the market research in mm-hmm. to the AI for it to write it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think there's still a lot for those people to do. And I don't think AI is just going to take our jobs today, but it looks like it'll take them tomorrow. Yeah. But for like entrepreneurs, I think it's really cool. For advertisers, Brady, I mean, it's just as dangerous. It is. It just depends who owns the AI. So if Google owns the AI, not as dangerous. If a third party, so like if I right now were to build a third party AI driven bid recommendation company, Mm -hmm. it would replace a lot of the media buyers in the industry within the next five years. Yeah, it would. Because it could look at your whole data set way faster than you could, and then it could apply recommendations at scale way faster than you could, and it would be more accurate. Yeah. I mean, for Google specifically, it's all bidding algorithms now. You don't actually go in and make decisions anymore from like a bidding standpoint. Yeah. You really just write the copy, but this will write your ad copy for you. Yeah. And it'll write the copy on the landing page. And there's landing page AI now. Yep. It. A lot, and I've been telling this to our strategists. I'll tell this to the to everybody listening and watching. If you're a marketer, you need to pivot your tools from doing the work to managing the outcomes of the work. Mm-hmm. You need to really get yourself from production to strategy, from execution to consultation. Because if you're in the execution realm right now as a professional, whether that's writing or math or anything you're doing that is essentially execution based, you're going to be replaced in the next five years by AI. It ain't 10 yeah. years from now. And I'm five is generous. It might be within the next two. I mean, I'm already working. Through... I mean, it's scaling quickly. Oh, I've, I've already sent messages to our COO on every administrative related task in the business to be mm-hmm. leveraged via AI. Yeah. My uncle, he's in the legal AI space. He's been flipping companies and he was telling me about his latest one and it's just insane the jobs it's taking over like court reporters it's all in like the deposition ai space yeah and the facial recognition and tone recognition and the summary of deposition reports done by ai i mean there's hours of human work going in it just being replaced by ai in seconds yeah but I'm curious, product AI, like think of HubSpot can recognize like users wanting a new feature and then it could test like no, it can write a whole email that, work. and then it writes the code It'll, for a feature. Even more than that, it can do the email workflow. Okay, yeah. I want to launch an email workflow for everyone who went to the Dreamforce conference. Boom. Yeah. And it has all 16 emails like that. Done. Yeah. I'm thinking about like an AI that generates a new product feature. Oh, like if this could recognize like all your customer feedback and then said, we recommend the next 10 ideas for product ideas. Well, it builds it too. Like it could recognize like, Hey, people, I think want this for ad copy for Google and the AI builds that actual backend product. I don't think we're there yet, but that's probably, I don't think we're there yet, but I don't, 10 years, we're not far. The direction it's going, I I see that being the next step. Well, I mean, trust me, you don't think there's a CTO right now trying to replace like level three engineers that they pay 600 K to or whatever. Like it's happening, it's happening. So this is this is really cool. I love this ad. Great call out, Brady. And I love. I liked more if you go back to Dewiz, 
I like the fact that you they found this, I mean, if we're being honest, completely weird kind of like account where it's not really a real person so much as it's like a tech account. I mean, he could be AI. I would believe it. And the thing about this is it has you found this account, but someone had the idea to reach out to him and do this ad. And obviously it's working because you saw it. And that's pretty cool. Right? Like Scarlett did, I know, technically just create an account from seeing the ad. I know that wasn't really what happened, but you did. <laughs> yeah. No, I Yeah. I was watching on my phone looking for an ad for yeah. the segment. I'm like, I actually like that. No, this is really cool. So I went on my laptop and I started playing with it. We were literally on the same page. Both of us did influencer marketing ads today. Yeah. That's wild. And I know last week I did like a long form one. I was kind of frustrated. I couldn't find a short one. So I was pretty excited when I saw this video. Oh, yeah, you're on a little bit of a influencer yeah, marketing a kick, here. kick here. Yeah. Have you seen the websites you need to know guy? No. It's similar to this. He just does the five websites you need to know if you travel. Five websites you need to know if you. Well, he just says like website you need to know. He's probably on like part 100 something. And he just goes to these websites. And I don't know how much of it is being paid for. Now but it's probably a lot of affiliate stuff. It's pretty too. interesting. It's very interesting. All right. And then what was your finding this week, Brady? Yeah. So this week, I'll keep it short and sweet. This is an aggregated finding that I've noticed. What does that mean? It's like I've seen this throughout my career. <laughs> okay. Good. So yeah, a, it wasn't like, oh, I saw this last week. Okay, this one so this is a thought. This is a viewpoint. Well, it, it's data I've seen like in a repetitive manner throughout multiple accounts. Okay. It's becoming a bit less within our clients, but I, I want to bring it up because I think it's relevant. A trend. Yeah, it's a trend. Okay. And it is specifically for Google, and it's all about uh, calls from ads. And so the finding is, and I've found this in multiple accounts over my career, and it's all about like, I mean, we can go on a tangent with conversion tracking, but let's assume people are tracking multiple things in Google ads <laughs> and they're all created equal. Yeah, it happens every day. And so someone calls you from the website, that's a conversion. Someone calls you from an ad, that's a conversion. Someone fills out your form to schedule an appointment, that's a conversion. Someone fills out a random ebook. That's a conversion. And so let's assume that's a setup, which is the majority of setups that we see. Um, the finding was within competitor terms. And so a lot of accounts have like competitor specific campaigns. Some accounts with now like broad keywords and even phrase match and exact match pulling close variants, like you'll have a non-branded solution based keyword and Google pulls a company that does that as a search term. And so what I found in these accounts was uh -oh. conversions were looking really, really good. Okay. And so what you can do in Google is you can like segment the conversion action. Okay. And I found it was calls from ads. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't really think this Someone sales. Would call for this type of yeah, product. Yeah, the sales team was really growing through calls. I thought it was more like form fills and, and demos. And then I went into search terms and I found most, if not all the calls from ads were for competitor terms. And these are in industries where customer service is a very large business unit. Naughty, 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 Google. And so what I like the, the superpower of auditing, in my opinion, is just like being realistic and really understanding like what's actually happening. And so the reality of this user experience is it's a consumer, a customer of the company searching the company name in Google. And some of the search terms even said like customer service number. And when you do that on your phone, the end user's assumption is 
Yeah, Scarlet is clicking all the ads when she we do is, this. Yeah. That is exactly how but we get those is, conversions. You know, in general, like on your mobile phone, you're searching a company's name with the intention of calling right. their customer service, technical support, whatever it is. And so you think, well, the first number that pops up on Google is going to be the number of the company I'm searching. That's the ad. And okay. so it's the company's ad is number one on mobile. The call extension is being pulled. And yep. so the end user thinks they're calling a completely different company. So they call a complaint about the product to the competitor and they to pay the competitor sales team $7 is essentially what's happening. But wow. in the Google account, it looks like it's going bonkers. We're crushing. It looks like it's the best thing in the world. And so the algorithm is now pushing all the bids to competitor so, campaigns. So it becomes a customer service department for all their competitors because yeah. Google's just running wild on this. And so it's just, it's a trifecta of like how you're tracking, how you're telling Google, like what success means to your business. Yeah, what you're telling Google to optimize towards. What Google's now able to pull from many match types where the intent might not be to show up for a competitor name, like Google's targeting is loose enough for it to happen. And I know I said trifecta, but I'm blanking on a third point. And the end consumer. Yeah, there and, it is. And just what they think is happening when they <laughs> Google a company name looking for their phone number. The first thing that pops up, they, they're not even going to read your ad. No. They're, they're just going to tap on it, call the number. Well, and your ad might mention the other brand in it, ironically. And then you're yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's call tracking stuff where, like, you can set the minutes of the call. Like, if it's a two-minute call, it counts as a conversion if it's not. So, they're. There might be some ways to clean it up, but I, I, it was an interesting finding that I've seen plenty of times yeah. throughout my career, a bit less in like a smaller TAM SaaS company where customer support calling a phone number isn't as popular. Did you hear they're doing chat ads soon? Chat ads in yeah. Google? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't think nobody, this is like some innovative new stuff. Because they have the built-in lead ads. No, they're going to do a chat ad. Where you can chat. Oh in. yeah, I did see that. Like the chat is built into that, yeah, the yeah. ad itself, and that. Too, I mean, if you could perform like LinkedIn convo ads, because that, I mean, it still crushes. Yeah, would be cool. I mean, chats being more popular with like when I'm dealing with something with like my cell phone bill. Yeah, but that's been the case for like ten years, dude. Yeah, but I, I just think like solving things through chat is getting better versus well, like getting better. this chat's not going to help me. Let me just get a phone number. I think it's getting better. I think the companies have forced us to do it because when we call, no one picks up. We're just on hold for like 45 minutes and we'll yeah. s- we know it's faster just to use the chat. So I think they've kind of like, re- I think companies have reprogrammed us to use chat over calling. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of young people prefer chatting or texting more than they prefer calling. So it's kind of like changing culturally. And you're right with the AI and stuff; it's getting way like quicker and faster. So there's a lot of changes coming. Like, would it be a good time to be a CS person? All that's going to get replaced by AI too. Yeah, but I love this. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little market this. Okay. So Brady, market this. I've got a little confession to you. We're gonna maybe do this because this might actually be our first real business on the show. What do you mean? Okay, so here's what I mean. You great, great. What do you that mean by such, that? Yeah, that's such a good... Oh yeah, Thank you, Brady. Wait, wait, team me up, Brady. What do I mean by that? This lease, this lovely studio we're sending in right now, is currently populated by one sick uh, business partner named Tanner Schaefer. Not sick mentally, just physically. He's always sick. And <laughs> he comes in I. here and he just makes it so no one else can use it because he quarantined it. He just comes in here like... Ah, and he's working in here, right? And essentially, it's just Tanner's whole office. Tanner's got a 4,000-square-foot office for nice. himself. Good for him. Yeah, good for him, right? And then we come in here on Mondays and record. Yep. And then three times a year, I use it as 
a meeting spot for mm-hmm. our offsite. Correct? Yep. Doesn't Jesse come in on Fridays? I think he came in on Friday. Okay. I don't think he <laughs> comes in on Friday. Okay. I think he came in here to pick up a shirt we had got for him. Uh, he had some swag. I think he came in because there was a package, not because that's what he normally does. In fact, I've been here plenty of times. He's not here. Nobody comes to this office. This is okay. Tanner Schaefer and occasionally Garrett Merrigan. That's it. Okay. Now, like Jesse does have a full-time office right there. He doesn't use. We all work remote, right? I got a separate yep. back house. I work from all this stuff. So I have this idea, though, because I do still need an office space. But I figured I don't know really where I want to put my own money right now. Mm-hmm. What if when this lease is up in 2024... I buy an office and I lease it back to Directive. It's smaller, maybe only 2,000 square feet. It has a nice office for myself, a way bigger one than my current one, more like mm-hmm. my Austin one. That was a nice office. It had yeah. room for like a meeting area and my office in it. So more like a conference room size. So I'm going to have a conference room that I work out of and then another conference room that's a conference room. Mm-hmm. Little open space that's casual with a kitchenette and stuff. And then one other and a studio for you and I to record. Yeah. So... Two rooms, one conference room, open area, kitchen, similar more to like um, the office we had at uh, Executive Park, or not Executive Park, uh, the one after that. Oh, the airport? No, the or next the one. the Costa Mesa one? Costa Mesa one. That was a big office. That was 4,000, same as yeah. this one. So maybe a little smaller than that. Yeah. So, but I want it in a perfect world to be on the water, in Newport, where it's like a nice kind of vibe. So, Scarlett, why don't you help us, and we're going to see what we can find. You now, and all the injury lawyers. I, yeah, exactly, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but I want it a little, like, I want to own it. I want to own the building. Yeah. I want to buy the yeah. property. So, let's go for sale um, property. So, let's go to Newport Beach, California. Yep. And then, let's see. We got Okay, now we got some spots. There's, like, this Klein Wilson one I've seen before. Um, and if you know, if do you know where that is? I think you know that is, Scarlett. But it's $5 million, 5,400-square-foot office building. And these are interesting. I click on it. So there's actually some creativity here. So for market this, we're doing a commercial building today in case I didn't make that perfectly clear yet. And we want to see how we would market a commercial building, especially in a post COVID world where like in this case, I have 35 employees full time that live within 10 miles of this office. Probably. Yeah. And no one uses it. Correct. Okay. So what do I do about that? Like, what are all these companies going to do with all these offices we see everywhere? Right? I mean, we all kind of need an office, but what Mm -hmm. if the office, like what we use it for changed? So if you click on this one, maybe you can look at some of the photos. Do they have any? Is that it? Okay. Keep going more. What's interesting about this one is they actually have condos on the back of it. So they have houses. Keep going. So they have like their law office, right? But then they also, so this is the office. We need a little Reno renovation on it but then if you keep going they have their parking and they have all their own parking underneath but then they have these residential units they rent out interesting so this one was kind of clever because you've got two essentially full-time like two-bedroom apartments and then you have your office Mm -hmm. so they're literally mixed using it which i thought was super creative yeah, I mean, I, I see like the in cities, right? It's the retail space on the bottom floor, and then it's apartments above it. But I've they never... have that on Lido Island too now. Oh, really? Yeah, and in Newport, they have yeah, a I lot think of Dana these. Points doing that now too. Yeah. So to me, I was like, wait a second, I could pay for my office and then have someone living above it full time, paying, like making money, essentially. 
right? So let's go, let's check out another couple options here in Newport. If you go back to that tab, um, a little too big. I don't want handles. Let's try that one, the duplex. Let's see what that one is. Because I don't think that looks That's like it's a commercial house. building. Yeah, it's not. I don't think that's a commercial building. Interesting. So there's your stereotypical if you go up that 3600. That's like the classic, uh, the 2950 airway. That one is a pretty standard mm -hmm. kind of strip, like office type environment. B class building. I think these ones are a little harder for us. I don't think our company comes across the right way in one of these environments. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking. There's that new, it's across from Google in Irvine. It's Bridge something. Oh, well, yeah, that one's nuts. And the ones off I like of, this one, Culture 405. So let's just pretend we bought this one. Okay. okay. So this one's a little bit more approachable. So Culture Yard, um, I don't know if you've seen it before, but they kind of have this like circle in the middle. Hmm. If we were to buy this commercial property, how do, what would you do about it? It's 100% leased. Right? So it makes you wonder why they're selling it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you've got this whole space. How would you make an office relevant again? I mean, it was interesting to hear like how Jesse came in for <laughs> the gifts and stuff. Like, how do you kind of replicate that as a building owner? It's almost like, what's your benefits package? Of the building. Yeah. Of the building, I think needs to be relevant outside of the... Ping Could, pong and arcade games. I mean, that stuff probably is still relevant. I mean, these guys, Irvine Company has full, like, elite Yeah, they have food. big screen TVs. They food. have a pool table, food. Insane outdoor areas, full basketball court, manicured. Nice. It'd be, this is a truly class A complex. Yeah. It's harder to get a nicer complex than where we are sitting right now. Mm -hmm. And look around, baby. There's lots of parking spots. It is easy to park here these days. It's empty. And we couldn't have done it any better from a corporate standpoint. So that's the challenge today. So let me give you a couple ideas I had. My thought was foot traffic, baby. I want foot traffic. Because mm. I think foot traffic can create some energy. Now, I don't want to go the co-working route where I try to like create co-working in my space. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about, like, you know the uh, office building here in Irvine that has the coffee shop in it? Office building in Irvine with the coffee shop. It's off a of jamboree. I forget the name of it right now. But they I would think if I were to own a spot, I would want to lease out some common areas. Mm -hmm. Right? So like these spots right here, why not lease this out to like a coffee cart? So they can have that whole area right there. And they can essentially and then what you get ideally, right, is they get a Yelp brand, they got a Google My Business brand, they got their social, and then they're promoting that kind of the setup mm -hmm. and now you have people coming to the property it creates an energy around there and i think people might be more likely to use the office what do you think yeah i'm thinking like it was interesting that whole like the energy from people like i'm thinking the pch offices i know the yeah. openheim group you know that selling sunset and selling oc both of those offices one is in like Beverly Hills, like on a busy street. The other one's on PCH in Orange County. Yeah. 
and yeah, you, you don't feel like you're too separated in a business complex. You feel like, yeah, I'm in downtown yeah. Corona Del Mar or Beverly Hills. Yeah. I think this whole like corporate complex, when we get people like in the corporate mentality, they just don't want it anymore as people. I think they want to feel like they're like the energy, the buzz. They want to feel a part of it. But I think we all have these like bullpen styles, right? We got the rows of desks and they're like, well, they're standing desks. But like, imagine if this place, you replaced all the desks with more like casual work mm-hmm. stations. Mm-hmm. So it was more like you were at like a general area at a WeWork. Yeah. It's almost like in my mind, it's up to the company to do those things. But I think that's this angle is like, how can the owner of the yeah. building create offer the culture great correct the materialistic culture i know there's the energy it's like the energy of... is what they're adding the vibe they're yeah. creating like a certain so to me you need foot traffic mm-hmm. you need so like the reason i like newport is you could kind of be in it a little bit more let's see if we can find one that's in it a little bit more let's go back to that list and i'll kind of show you where i was thinking maybe go this what are the cdm ones those look like residential Residential. Yeah, it's all. What's that corporate plaza one? No, it's Fashion Island. Yeah, there's no vibe there. It's the opposite of vibe. See what I'm saying? I think you have to get it into like, see something more. Now, let's get some photos. Let's see if there's any way to redo the puppy. The pet spa. The pet spa into like something corporate. I don't know how you could. You kind of see what I'm saying, though? You'd have to do something like this where you, you people were a part of something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like then they might more go more to the office occasionally. Yeah. What other ideas do you have to make something come to life? Yeah, I think it's just like the taking ownership of the amenities that usually a company would make the decision. Like in these areas, I'm thinking toll road passes paid for. Because that's like, the one thing that, about that office is the commute. See, something like that. See that? Okay, that's right on That's PCH. right on it. You know where that is, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this building, see, that could work. You could make this kind of more like a vibe. Then people could literally walk across the street and go to the harbor. You could do all sorts. Yeah, catch a Duffy boat. Catch a Duffy <laughs> boat. You could do all sorts of stuff. But I feel like then if you made it also maybe if people wanted to work together so they could come in and they could like do some stuff. You could have in one of the units the coffee shop we talked about. Maybe mm-hmm. another one's a bakery. So you kind of have like a bakery and a coffee shop. Yeah. Maybe a wine bar for at night. And you kind of keep some energy mm-hmm. in the place. And then you're working in kind of more the work side of it. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is people who are looking for a building obviously want their employees in the office. And so I think from marketing a commercial building standpoint, if you can be the one who says like, oh, we own three Duffy boats. They're parked right across the street. And yeah, so when you lease this, you have full access to them. Your team can take a boat to Lido for a hundred bucks an hour, but they can use them whenever they want or whatever it is. Yeah. Or maybe it's just, it's built into the lease yeah. is you have access to these boats. Obviously here's the insurance on it, blah, blah, blah. But like you really representing those more unique amenities. Cause I think that hits the emotions of the person even looking for a new lease in the first place. The during cultural this. amenities is what they are. Yeah. They're, they're like things that you can add into your culture and use as an employer. Because there are some employers, Elon Musk, who want their employees back in the office. Mm-hmm. And I think that trend is going to continue as long as the richest man in the world is promoting it. I mean, at some point, other people are like, well, yeah. I'm not nearly as successful as Elon. And 
he can't get people to be as productive as he wants remote. How could I ever? And then they'll go back to it. Yeah, maybe like built in, built for hybrid remote, right? Correct. That's what I'm trying to make this office more. This office isn't built for hybrid. It's built for like in office. Yeah. So you have like owls in every room. You have TV screens positioned well to where it feels like they're in the board meeting when it is their remote day. So like really building it for hybrid. Yeah which I don't think exists right now. Like whenever we do an offsite where some people for whatever reason can't make it, it's a stark difference between the person on zoom versus the people in the office. It matters, man. In person is so special. Now you can't get everybody to move to Orange County because they couldn't even afford it. And I, that, that, that in office days are just gone. And I think we just have to recreate what an office is. And to me, it looks a lot more, like this unit right here like this to me this unit's really cool it's 2800 feet but like something like that to me is the perfect type of new age office building Mm -hmm. and you could own it land assessment 554 total assessment though 929 so that's they're paying property taxes off of a million so for a million bucks or something like that you could own this spot yeah but you're looking to fill it out right like well i just need to rent it to directive directive so the way the sba loan works So you can get a loan to buy one of these buildings as long as you own 51% of the building. Mm-hmm. So I would need to own at least 51% and then I could rent out the rest of the building. It looks like there's two stories here, for example, as well, right? So I could put my office upstairs and have that privacy and then rent out the ground floor, which would have the fun energy and vibes in there, which is what mm-hmm. something I know I would enjoy, like going in and knowing that there's going to be yeah. some energy around me. And then you're in Newport. I mean, it's not exactly the worst place to get a lunch, to get drinks afterwards, to kind of make going to the office sexy. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to make going to the office more of an event these days. If we Because re- I think as leaders, right, we have to foster human connection. But I don't think our the way we currently treat our offices and the way we treat in-office work fosters connection. Because if someone goes like, well, I can get way more done at my house and I have privacy and I don't have to drive, they're never going to come to the office. But if going to the office is less about getting work done and instead maybe doing meetings you used to do in Zoom in person, but the and the meeting room is very dynamic. You see what I'm saying? If you Because normally in offices, it's always hard to get a meeting room. They're super small. The main conference room is always booked out. You know what I'm saying? You can't even mm. use it the way. I think there are ways to bring the office back. But I think you have to get creative with it serving multiple purposes. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to marketing this place, I do think like preset floor floor plans. So you ask like, where are you using it for hybrid work? Okay, here's what we would do in our use case, which is pretty unique, right? Temporary events, podcast recordings, and like building out a layout on like, okay, this is how this space would be used versus like every day, 40 hours a week everyone's in here like what would that layout look like well that's what i was going so go to um uh podcast on 17th for me here scarlet so i can show him so like, in our podcast room we could rent out so mm. as the as the building owner i could rent out the usage of the podcast room so there's someone already doing this on 17th street in costa mesa which is kind of cool so sunset 17 watch this so they built a whole studio so if you want a podcast you can literally do your podcast in there and they'll have so go to podcast recording. They'll have the full studio already. Oh, interesting. Can you find a better photo for us, Scarlett? Of there we go. Keep going down. See, so they'll have the full setup for you. You just show up and record. 
So Peter, our other producer, would show up. He'd be running the equipment, but he wouldn't bring his own camera, his own lighting, or the set, and all the soundproofing. That's all done by the owner. Mm. You just show up and record, and that's your new backdrop. And I'm sure you can replace the backdrops and the images to be your branding. So we could essentially have our own studio that theoretically what we use for two hours of the available 40. <laughs> yeah. The, the other 38, Scarlett could manage essentially the rental, the bookings, right, for me. And then we could rent out the time in the studio. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think more of the commercial building owner too. How do you monetize yeah. these yeah, buildings? So building like a business plan outside of just running your business through it. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah. I want to own the asset of the building and make the building like a desirable, mm-hmm. profitable thing instead of it just being like, I want to be a part of the community. I want to have some type of value, some type of purpose. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost as if like, let's say it all fails. Your employees don't want to go in. You're still happy with the purchase. They won't go in. There's nothing I can do to make people go in the office. Right? So I need to know what it is. It's another place for me to work because I do need that. It's a conference room where I can host my offsites and big corporate events. It's a studio where I can do our recording. And the rest is just an investment. So on the investment side of it, do I just get another tenant in there and call it a day? Or do you try to do something more dynamic to make the building feel like it's a vibrant part of the Newport community? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm so stuck on like, how do you get people to, to work? I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, a point system, office hours points. Well, let's start with you. Why do you not ever go to the office, Brady? <laughs> well, <laughs> cause technically you live what? 25 minutes away? 30? Yeah. 20, probably 20, 20 minutes and $14. Just because toll road is 20 minutes if I take. Yeah, yeah. You're highway. only 20 minutes away, but yep. you don't ever go here uh, in here unless it's an offsite or yep. podcast recording. Yep. Um, <laughs> I wear sweats. See, okay. I have a space heater and an air conditioner in my office. Are those pants so different? Than sweats? Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, kinda... they're pretty comfortable. Yeah, but that's what I mean, yeah. They're, they're not joggers. Uh, I can wake up. 10 well, minutes before or, a meeting yep, exactly. and shower. Yep. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, full access. So what would you want from an office? What would make you want to come into here? What would you need that would make it worth it to you, Brady? Because I don't know if there's anything. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. I know. I don't you know. You get what I'm saying? But but I think business owners still need an office. pets or kids yet. Like, to me, that would be a big thing if I had Correct. pets or kids. I'd be like, there's no way I'm going in. I don't even have that. Like, I'm spoiled, right? I have a separate back house I work out of. Yeah. So I have my own private, yeah. massive ba- bathroom, yeah. shower, kitchen. And my wife's a nurse, so she has to go into work. So I, I have a whole house. Correct. But not everybody has that, right? Let's say once you have kids, maybe she's from home yeah. a little bit more. And you trust me on this. If she's going to hate you, if she has to keep the kids quiet all day, she's going to want you to leave. So oh, that's the kids, a different reality. Right? So then... The kids are yelling and all this crap, and she's losing her mind trying to, Brady's on, daddy's on the call, daddy's on the call. Trust me, I did that in Austin. It's not very fun for your wife to try yeah, to. It's tough for the kids, too. Yeah. Because the kids can't comprehend, like, oh, What's this going is on? work. So they just think, okay, my dad's ignoring me. No, some me. people do need an office to go into. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't need an office to go into, there really is nothing to get a human to leave the comfort of their home to go to an office, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a daycare program would be massive. Okay, so you put a daycare on one of these. It's kind of like my wife goes to her gym. The equipment's not that great. The paint's not that great. It's run down, trainers or whatever. 
but they have a daycare because yeah, daycare is so dang expensive yeah. that that's where a lot of the decision is like let's just make this work from home yeah because it's pretty much renting another house or apartment to put your kid in daycare want to build community too because now she has more community because then all the other women working out also have kids so they have this kind of connection mm-hmm. right so they all go to this gym and get one hour away from the madness of their children and work out and then grab a coffee together after if we could create something like that for work, but work is work. It's not the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you could make sure everybody's hardwired. I think having a hardwire for all the work spots would be good because then you'd always have like really good internet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it, it is tough. You, I think the studio is big though because I think a lot of these companies now have people who want to create content. So having a place where people could create content so you had like the right cameras, like imagine like Brady, let's say you wanted to get your social follows up or wanted to promote this podcast, right? Something like that, right? And imagine we had a studio, something like this. Mm-hmm. Then you could go in and shoot shorts to promote your social. Yeah. That would be good for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the setup to where like to do your best work, you have to, the office has the equipment. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm a pretty nice mic at home. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of get my point. Like you yeah. can come in here, anyone could come in here and use the setup. Yeah. I feel like that would be an advantage. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's a huge one. I mean, it's tough. I, I enjoy my time when I get to see coworkers, but that's like a, everyone has to commit to it kind of thing. I don't know if the brainstorming you could do one is one week in an office just to keep the vibes going like one day a week in the office. Mm-hmm. I think people will start doing some stuff like that, but you're right, man. It's a hard, but these buildings are still being bought up and there's not a ton of space. People need somewhere to work just in case it almost feels like. Yeah. And it's, I don't know with like difference in generations. Cause I mean, it was very interesting. We had remote as an option before COVID. Correct. And I never did it. I know. And that was more like, as long as I had one person on my team coming into the office, I was going to be there. Yeah, correct. But then COVID hit and it forced us out. And then we grew pretty big nationally more and then international. And then now we're a global company that has most of the labor not in the US. So then I got to the point where it's like, wait. Yep. I can better manage this national team by not naturally prioritizing the people I see in person. Cause that's what I struggled with was like, okay, am I spending too much time with the people Mm. who can just walk into my office? Yeah. Yeah. Versus neglecting those people that might be more remote and less, less like easy to manage. Yeah. So I dealt with that, but I don't know. I mean, I enjoy my time coming in for the podcast. Yeah. We get lunch together. We do. Which we make a point of lunch. It. That's something I do miss was lunchtime. Dude, 11 a.m. lunch with all the homies for like, what, seven years we did that? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. That was the best. We did. That was like a special time. To... 20 deep to like a poke spot or like Jersey Mike's or whatever. That was really cool. And I, I know I did love doing this job way more when we were all in person together. It was way more fun because this mm-hmm. is a hard gig. But it was nice to just see everybody's faces. You can see how committed they were. Now, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot less like emotional. I feel like because everybody's just a Zoom screen. Yeah. There's yeah. That, I just wonder. Yeah. It's convenience. That's what we're battling. Yeah. Is convenience. Convenience always wins in America. I know 
Apple in San Francisco, they have buses pick up the employees and drive them to Cupertino or wherever the, the office is. Just like the good old sweatshops. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. They're busting them in, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, a... they have Wi-Fi buses so that they, they made sure they worked on that bus. Had no excuse there. <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean? it, it sounds it's... like dystopia. It almost sounds like... I don't want to treat people like widgets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm a big give people freedom and they give you their best self. But at the same time, I currently rent this from the Irvine company. I'd rather just own it myself and have the mm-hmm. company rent it from me. Right. I mean, there's so, but then how do I get more out of it is a really, I mean, mm-hmm. difficult question. I think you do the podcast studio, you can do the coffee shop. But other than that. Yeah. Just... You, some reward system for being connected to the office Wi-Fi. I don't know if it's, you can't like, maybe you. Yeah. Maybe we do more benefits. like once a month. Everybody comes to the office that's local once a month and we get lunch together because that could be cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're never going to get everybody in there like they were. That's gone. Yeah. I know there's something going on for because Tanner's moving to Austin. Yeah. So I think we're trying to get a lunch together. Yeah, we are on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So, but no, man, this has been great. It's a hard one. Marketing a commercial real estate. I think you're going up against, as always, you and I try to harness the human psyche, not manipulate it we try to embrace reality Mm -hmm. and i think the reality you have to embrace is companies still need a corporate office because what do i do if i need somewhere to work and i've got an important call yeah i still gotta go somewhere and i you know maybe there's like for me it's a lot of times like there might be construction at my house Mm -hmm. or something going on lines flying in yeah whatever that is and i i need and i can't have a crappy office either yeah so yeah, I mean, I like the business, like having businesses built into yep. the building so that, yes, if your employees aren't showing up, like, it shouldn't never feel dead. Passive income flowing yeah. through that investment. Well, I still get the lease. That's the thing. That's what's so weird. That's why the landowners don't care. Like, as you saw, all these places are still fully leased. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, they're dead, like here, but it's totally dead, but they're fully, like, look at this one 100% leased. Four buildings, great freeway visibility. But you know those offices are empty, mm-hmm. but they're fully leased, right? As of Q2, direct vacancy for low-rise office was 7.8%. They only have 7.8% vacancy. That's crazy, but they're vacant. They're 100% <laughs> vacant with only 7.8% yeah. vacancy. And I think if you can bring that back to life, you got something really powerful so it's a fun challenge i'm excited to see if i want to tackle it and like do that you know what i mean but if i'm going to go into a building all the time i'd like to own it yeah and stop renting it you know from the irvine company Mm -hmm. but you know it's a whole thing so hopefully that works and uh we get to hop on here in a couple years (laughs) and talk about the success of the uh coffee shop and uh studio yeah i'm I'm trying to think what other businesses we could pack in there (sighs) I would want like the I think this, if you had scooters for people that'd be sick, like the bird scooters. Yeah, but they were just like uh, owned, and you could like uh, like you know um, use the bike locks and stuff. Get a good workers comp policy. <laughs> for real, right? <laughs> uh, but that's market. This thanks everyone for being on the show with us today. Uh, like, subscribe, leave five star reviews, rate us. Anything else? Share us on social. Yeah, watch us on TikTok. Yeah, well, and when you do watch. Then follow the podcast. Yeah, we need you to do the second part. We're going to a lot of views on TikTok, not a lot of downloads. So anything you can do to help us, we love doing the show. If it's helping you at all, let us know about it. And um, 
Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Next week.